Hey, everybody. This is a special bonus episode of the Impossible Podcast. As we were talking about stories and people and stories people are telling with their lives, uh, Mike and I started talking about the NBA, and the NBA is uh, something we're both big fans of. So (laughs) we just started talking about stories in the NBA, and we decided to keep recording while we were talking about it. So uh, this might be interesting as an addendum to our last episode. Uh, it might be a little bit off topic from our normal episode. So we're releasing it as a bonus episode. And uh, that's about all there is to that. So if you want to take a listen, uh, if you're a fan of the NBA, if you're a fan of storylines, if you're a fan of players and brands, uh, check it out. I, I had a lot of fun recording it. I'd love to hear what you guys think of Uh, the podcast. And if you'd like to see more bonus episodes like this, where we're kind of just riffing on mutual interest topics and uh, yeah. So that's what this bonus podcast is about. So let's get into it and let me know what you guys think. All right, guys. So I've got a bonus episode for you today uh, with the guest, Mike Pacione. Well pronounced. There you go. I I got it, guys. Um, So we were sitting around talking about the NBA and we were talking about stories. And then we decided to just, what if we just got on the mic and talked for a little bit about the stories that NBA players are trying to tell with their brand. So this is a little bit different than a normal podcast, but it's a, it's a bonus episode. So uh, if you guys like this stuff, let me know what you think. But yeah, I I think you texted me, you know, right after we finished and you're like, we should have talked about the NBA. We should have talked about the NBA and sports in general. Yeah. Well, I'm 99% of my sports consumption these days is the nba so it's become year-round so that's all i uh pay attention to well like okay so here's what i'll say about non-nba i was just thinking through there aren't that many stories that teams tell as a team but when one is told well it is a galvanizing point like just look at last so i'm from philadelphia i'm intimately familiar with last year's eagles season when they became the underdogs, and that was the story, like, we're underdogs, but get behind us, like, that was a whole rallying point for the entire city. Mm-hmm. That's the power of story amongst a sports team. They're not the first one who ever felt like underdogs. Yeah, yeah. And that was packaged a little bit different, but you always hear teams that rally behind something. So that's on the team level. Well, even, 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 even all of uh, the fan base in Philadelphia for the Sixers yeah. went with the yeah. process. People were like, process. okay, we are going to be bad. But this is a process, and they named it. Joel Embiid has the nickname now, the process. Like he's owned it, and and now that they're actually starting to get good again, you're like, oh, it's not just it's not a joke anymore. It's actually yeah. like there's a, a climax coming. Oh man, but that's, yeah, that's such a good example of a story that's being told because it let the it let the city in or anybody who cared uh, about following the Sixers it let them into what was happening. Mm-hmm. Instead of it being a big guessing game, and that's when fans get frustrated. Like, what is the direction of the team? Da da da. Yeah, I think that's the only one that I can remember that they've like named it. Yeah, like <laughs> it's not so. just tanking, but yeah. like uh, I, maybe the Lakers had something with like Byron Scott as the tank commander. Oh. Maybe that was just uh, well, going NBA back like eighties eighties Lakers would be Showtime. Yeah, like that was actually that was. I mean, that's a one word story, but like the longer version of that is like we're not just going to win; we're going to be flashy in the way we do it. Yeah. Who uh who. Any other teams right now that have a good story going on? Right now, teams? Yeah. They, uh, Lakers right now are sort of like Space Jam Part 2. The Lakers LeBron gets all the, all the mystery, like like random misfits yeah, yeah. on the Lakers. <laughs> and then he's going up against like the big five, you know, five at Golden State now. I do wonder what opening day of Lakers volunteer, I forget what it's called in basketball, 
volunteer it's not volunteer scrimmage what is it just opening day training camp yeah training camp or practice yeah it's like what's luke walton's galvanizing story everybody on the team has to look around and be like yeah this is a weird team well he got drafted in the same class as lebron right yeah so it's like i, I got drafted 14 spots behind you or whatever <laughs> yeah, it was. yeah so i do wonder what what story the like what story is luke walton gonna tell i'm not sure I don't. I don't know what the like. I think the Lakers are a bad example. Of, like, yeah. I think. I think the story that LeBron's doing with LA is I'm going to LA, becoming a billionaire, and that is, like, that yes. that that's my trajectory. Like, it's less. It seems unless they do some weird moves, it seems like it's less about basketball. And it's more about like, okay, I'm gonna have my production company. I'm gonna you know be working with Magic, yeah. who was this you know first business man for basketball like made that transition yeah like that, so that seems like what he's trying to do totally. right so let's do lebron because he's a great example of a guy he's had three different acts maybe four depending on how you want to classify or he's entering his fourth act okay. potentially right do you agree with that yeah or do you think three uh so cleveland to start well you could you could do everything before he got drafted because i remember in high school he was, oh that's true he yeah. was he was on espn and all that stuff so everything before he got drafted he gets drafted he leaves he comes back and then yeah act act four but like what's okay but what's the what's the cleveland part of the act like the first cleveland before he comes back what is that he's like what's the, his story then? like he got the chosen one tattooed on his back yeah he's like i'm the next big thing I am, i'm the kid yes, yeah i'm coming so then what's miami it's the he well he refers to it as like his college his years. college yeah so he's like i'm going i'm going to learn under pat riley the mentor yeah. like you know Somewhat humbles himself if you right, can say right, that, right, yeah. but they're still the villains, and he has to like deal with that. Yeah, I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna win. Mm-hmm. And then Cleveland is like, I learned how to win I'm in going, Miami. I'm going back. Let me bring this to my hometown. And mm-hmm. Cleveland's not his hometown, but near his hometown. And the Lakers are, well, who knows? Cynically, I would say the Lakers are winning was nice, but now I can be even more famous. Yeah, I think he's like, I could do what I want now. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe that. Okay, so what's let's just go to your guy Russ. Okay, what's Russ's story? Russ is I am a like. Well, I, I just said like the I do what I want. Like two years ago, I think after uh, KD left, yeah, he triple double year. Well, he did the he did the the commercial over the summer for Jordan. That was just uh, now I do what I want, and it was literally that song. And it I was, had no recollection of this. What? He I, did? I'll put it in the show notes. But there's a there's a song that just says like him and a bunch of Russ's friends yeah. and a bunch of like weird fashion uh, apparel choices. And it was just, now I do what I want. Now I do what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a refrain from some song and it was just that for like 60 seconds. And um, so Russ is interesting because he's, I, I don't like he, he's the most explosive player in the NBA. Like, he has to be the best athlete. It could be, I don't know anybody that's taken that from him. Maybe Wait, do you think that's the story he tells himself? No, 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 no. I think I, I'm going with Russ. Who Russ is as a character? Oh, first. gotcha, gotcha. So I think he's like the most explosive athlete, and he's always been like, uh, he's always been a little bit of a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't recruited that hard. Yeah. Uh, they didn't think he was going to go as high as he did in the draft, and then he gets drafted. And he's not as good as. You know, KD, like he's always the second guy on the team for a while. And, you know, KD left. And before KD left, everybody kind of ragged on Russ. People were like, oh, he's the problem. He's whatever. And now that KD left, he's kind of like the chosen one, the the guy that stayed. And 
he is like, like they're going to make a statue of him in Oklahoma. Um, so I, I don't know, necessarily know the story. I think, you know, he kind of, he, he gets ragged on a lot by a lot of different people for his play style and almost being a bull in a China shop instead of being like, yeah. uh, slightly, you know, more cerebral player or being smarter about it. Um, but I think if you take away his, you know, explosiveness, then you lose a lot of what he is as a player. So, see, I, I feel like Russ, Russ is saying again, like who the heck knows what yeah, these guys tell this themselves is all about their story. speculation. But, <laughs> but I think Russ is saying, or or somewhere within him, he feels like his story and his identity is: I am going to be the most intense basketball player who's ever lived. <laughs> I mean, don't you think? I don't know if that's a story or if he does. He does doesn't have the off switch at all. Yeah, like he, to me, it's it's more of almost a like a competitive nature. Like you talk to like you talk like I called up Michael Jordan the other day and called <laughs> up Kobe, but when they talk about him, they're like, "That's the only player in the NBA that has the competitive drive that I did," and so that kind of overflows into a lot of things. And whether or not that's like always super conducive to winning, specifically, or that's you know what the neat team needs in that exact moment i don't know if that's true or not uh but like that competitive fire is just like one of his quotes i think he said was i don't have any friends on the court the only friend is the ball <laughs> yeah that's i'm right. like that's an awesome quote <laughs> see but, so that i feel like that is the story because if you've done story well then it is there's an overlap to that's how you've programmed yourself to act I feel like he's just programmed himself to be the most intense player in the world. I I, I would not disagree with that. Yeah. But then, what's the what's the so that's his story, maybe? Yeah. Speculation. So, what's the story with his like brand with Jordan, like his shoe brand, and like he's got the fashion icon thing. Like that's become like one of the things that he's in Oklahoma City of all places, and he just won like best fashion sense or something voted on by all of his right, players. right, right, yeah, and so. You know, he's got that. He's got a, I think, a, a lifestyle shoe with Jordan, and he just came out with his, um, well, yeah, he came out with his own signature shoe on the court called the Why Not. That's his yeah, yeah, other. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's his other story piece. Is he's just, why not me? You know, like, why not? You know, and so he, he, he has a Why Not Foundation. He's got the, his Why Not shoe. And so, like, I always think that Jordan's trying to find, like, Specifically, Michael Jordan is always trying to find the next player that reminds himself of him. And so, uh, like, that was Dwayne Wade for a little bit. Then it was, uh, and he was signed to Jordan for a while as, like, this signature guy. And now, like, everybody kind of points to Russ as, like, okay, maybe he hasn't won as much as Jordan has, but that's the guy that plays like Michael competed. That's interesting, adding in the fashion element, because he's known by that even people who don't care about the NBA. I've seen compilations of his outfits from like every single game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just like, yeah, all right. If you're right, confident right. enough, you can, yeah. I guess you can rock that. So maybe part of his story then is I am going to be famous for, I, I can be famous even in this small market. I, th- I think it all comes back to like, you can't tell me what to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you know, he, he signed, he signed his contract extension on Kevin Durant's birthday. Like, did he really? Yeah. That's funny. Like, he, you know, people are speculating, oh, you have to go to New York to do XYZ. He's just, 
I'm going to be a fashion icon. Yeah. I'm going to be a fashion icon in Oklahoma City of all places. And I like, you know, it's all speculation, but he, his, his shoes, why not? Like, you know, someone would say, why are you doing that? And he's just, why not? So I think it comes back to that for him because like, why do you go so hard? Why not? Why do you dress like that? Like it, it seems like he cares less about being famous because he has like a, he doesn't get, you know, he's not always like in the he's get, he's got a very like low key family life where, like, he's been dating. You know, he met his wife in college and has been with her ever since, and he got like a kid, and he's just like very low key family life has a small circle of people that he has like earned his trust over time, and he just stays within that circle. But then he's just like, I'll do what I want, wherever I want. And like, you can't tell me that I can't run this hard on the basketball court because I'm going to run as hard yeah, as I can yeah. and then I'm going to dunk it. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm going to break a rim. Yeah. So Don't tell me I can't, do, I can't average triple doubles. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me I can't gun this shot from 34 feet yeah. away with 20 <laughs> seconds left on the shot clock. Sometimes it leads yeah. to those decisions. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's interesting. Okay, who else should we do? Um... I mean, we could do we could do Steph, we can do KD. I feel like we have to do KD. KD just tweeted yeah, some more stuff recently, but I feel like I feel like there's. So I was thinking about this. I feel like there's. I think KD pre-signing with Golden State, like the day before he signed with Golden State, the story he was telling himself was people love my game so much that they won't care even if I go to the Warriors. Mm. I think he thought it was going to be a LeBron thing where you'd be a villain for a little bit, and people get upset but then you win and people are like we hate him but we like him and i think he's i think he's having a hard time with it yeah so the one the one sentence story there there's clearly a different story now than there was right you would agree with that okay so now he's two years in he's won two titles and what do you feel like his story is now he wakes up in the morning and he's gonna go play basketball like what's his what's the story he's telling himself (laughs) just reading people's minds um based on his actions is like i think he thought that it was going to bring validation yeah and i think he's like why don't people i maybe you know maybe are you not entertained well maybe it's the same thing as before maybe before it was why do people not realize how good i am Mm. and maybe i have to go win titles to win that and now it's i've just won two titles and two finals mvps why do people not realize how good i am yeah because he's still number two yeah and LeBron went from being like this crazy villain to be like when he beat the Warriors that one time. Everybody's like, okay, like I don't necessarily like LeBron, but I respect LeBron. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Like he just keeps doing these Twitter things and like well, yeah, responding like, to people on Twitter. And you're like, man, like you just you getting paid a lot of money. You should be like, you should be happy or peaceful. And you see Steph running around and you cannot like. It's hard to not like Steph, uh-huh. even though. I don't like the Warriors. You're like, all right, he's a low key goofing around. He's a weird dude sometimes, but you're like, like he seems like he's having fun and enjoying life. And sometimes it doesn't always seem like KD is like having that much of a good time out there. Well, right, and I mean, I should say I like KD. I love his game. When they won last year, and then he had the shoe that was released that said, I forget what it said underneath, but it was like, hey, take this, all the haters, cupcake, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's really caught up on it. Like, if he. He he did the burner account thing, and then there was just things like, I think Oklahoma was kind of upset about it. They were definitely upset about it for a while, and then they're like, okay, we'll, we'll get over it. And then he keeps bringing it back up. Right. So his story definitely, I mean, who knows what it would be in a sentence, but his story definitely involves perception of other people. Mm. 
other people should like me more. What do I have to do to earn your respect? Like there's somewhere in there is mixed in his story. I, I saw an article recently about is ring chasing devalued the value of like rings. So, and it's basically based on this metric of, or this rule I've heard in business. I've never actually heard it applied in sports, but it's basically once a metric becomes a target, it ceases to become a useful metric. So once rings became a useful metric and uh, are once rings became a metric uh, for evaluating a player's career, all players start making rings a target. And then when they, once they start teaming up and you have five all-stars on a team, then rings start to mean a lot less because you're like, yeah, well, <laughs> there were five of you and you all took a pay cut to play on the same team. Um, and so it's almost like he, he outmaneuvered LeBron from a, like a strategic standpoint from a winning rings thing, but the narrative hasn't caught up to what, like that was a strategic, like, okay, if you're running a business and you want to beat the other, like that's a strategic move, but competitively and from a, from a basketball narrative standpoint, it didn't line up with, you know, even, even Warriors fans will, delineate championships between before Katie and after Katie because it's almost feels like it's on cheat mode. Yeah. It's a cheat code. Yeah. 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 Like NBA jam, like I put in this thing and now I've got the guy who's always on fire. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is not that hard. So it's interesting that like, you know, like I don't want to say you feel bad for the guy, but like, like he's responding to people on Twitter and you're like, you should just, just enjoy things. And like, the other thing I think that LeBron did when he went to Miami, he kind of embraced the full villain role. Mm. And well, to an extent, like he, I think he eventually he, did. I yeah. don't think he thought that's what was going to happen. No, he did, yeah. but he he did eventually. And then he has like the one with like the 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 photo of him with the black mask on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looks like he looks like a a villain in a superhero movie, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, that guy's scary. And you know, even Boogie, I don't think people were that upset about Boogie getting. Uh, signed by Golden State because people are like, "What do you, what are you going to say to people's reactions?" He's like, "I don't give up," yeah. <laughs> you know. And and people are like, oh, "Okay, I that seems honest. I respect that boogie. Like, I appreciate the fact that you just don't care." And I I I don't know. I feel like KD's always had like this nice guy persona, and whether that's real or not, whatever. But he he's tried to play it off like it doesn't bother him, and because. It obviously is bothering him. It it, it sticks a lot longer than uh, it would if you just yes, said, if he "I just, don't care what you yeah, think. I'm going to win ten. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to win yeah. ten rings in a row. And what are you guys going to do about it? Yeah. Start crying. If he just embraced that, like full on, <laughs> like he could do that. Win his ten rings, then go like get a championship for like New York or some random franchise, and then like have that redemption aspect. But like he, he it seems like he's stuck almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I could talk about Katie for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Boogie, I think. I think his story is: I'm a good teammate. I think you were going to see a guy who is fully committed to being a good teammate this year. Interesting. I'm I'm curious to see how it's gone over because he, it 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 feels like he's always had this narrative of things against me are slightly unfair. Yes. And right. mm-hmm. the thing is, that's not like, he's not that much different of a player than Draymond Green, but Draymond gets all these, there was something when he was playing in Sacramento and they were in Golden State. He's like, if I, 
you know, if I play basically over there, you got to be, you guys would be like raving about me. Um, but because he has this like preconceived reputation, he actually does get dinged a little bit more sometimes than, you know, because he was had that reputation on a losing team versus if he had Draymond's reputation on a winning team, Draymond is the catalyst. He's the alpha. He's, you know, all these things. And I think he sees himself like that, but like just has been in terrible situations. Like he was in Sacramento, yeah. which is probably I mean, I, the, the, the worst franchise in the league. I think there's some inaccuracy with that thought on his part, but I think you're probably right. That is probably how he thinks about it. And then it gets exacerbated every time because then he's like, he gets more frustrated that he's getting treated unfairly. And then like he'll, he'll overreact to stuff and be like, what are you reacting to that one thing for? But it's probably like a build up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Okay, what about so Carmelo about to go to Houston? Carmelo, I, I'm Syracuse, my college basketball team. Yeah. That was like that was the first championship, that first team I ever rooted for that won was 2003 Syracuse. That was the first bracket I ever picked the right. Oh, yeah, wow, that was like I believe seed. I believe in Melo. Yeah, I was like, well, and I mean, because he was so fun, and the story from him at that time was like this young kid with like a sweet stroke who yeah. can dunk, he can grab rebounds, and uh, you should believe in him. And he is so far from that now. Yeah. So uh, we've seen Carmelo be like the fun kid that people are rooting for to the New York years, which were like, okay, what's this selfish guy doing? Obviously, he wasn't telling himself he was selfish, but he was probably saying, I'm going to be an icon in New York. Then he went to OKC, which was less than ideal season. What's he telling himself now? What would you, what would you think? I, uh, well, I think he, he, he's like your favorite player's favorite player. Like a lot of people, like I saw a clip of Kawhi Leonard the other day talking about, we should talk about Kawhi, but uh, talking about his favorite player when he was coming to the league was Carmelo Anthony. Well, that, really? Yeah. Like when he's getting drafted, uh, he's like, yeah, my favorite player is Carmelo Anthony. And Carmelo Anthony has a lot of players. Uh, who was who was stating that? the Someone posted on Instagram that uh, if Carmelo played in season, like he plays, like in the his practice, no, his practice yeah. videos even. That'll post on Instagram. He plays like that during the season. He's MVP, and so I think he's got a lot of fans around the league, and so he's got like kind of a respect level from the work that he's put in. But his work on the floor currently doesn't necessarily match up with that. Yeah, and so doesn't play defense, can't shoot anymore. Yeah, is that that the problem? Well, I think I think you know if you if you want to if you want to diagnose like what's going on in his head is he's got. You know, he had basically that whole Phil Jackson thing in New York, and you could be like, you know, Melo, maybe on the court, not the best teammate, or you know, I think part of it is his style of play is just op- obsolete. Like it just yeah. doesn't, yeah. M- the math doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. But you know, from a, you know, besides the Jeremy Lin thing, like when Phil Jackson was you talking crap about him, like all over the place, like he was pretty quiet. Like he wasn't like he wasn't really terrible about it, and then he waved his. No trade clause to uh we didn't waive it, but he accepted the trade to OKC. It didn't work out, but even you know, you could say they're sincere or not, but uh the Thunder came out and were like, Hey, we really appreciate Melo being honest with us and Melo I think feels like he's been in less than ideal circumstances. Yeah, I agree. And he wants the kind of the chance to maybe prove it you know, prove it prove that he's still a good player and yeah. He's what 30, 33 34, now. I think. Yeah. yeah so it's going to be so, interesting to see if he can do that. But I think that's kind of where he's at, and why he's going to Houston to play with Chris Paul is he wants a chance to be like, I'm 
I'm still here. I'm still and, good. That's yeah, the story. And, totally. I'm still here. Yeah, you're right. And uh, and you guys forgot like how good I am. So I I think that's a piece yeah. of it because he'll post a lot of stuff. Like he's not, he you know, Dwayne Wade might go sign a contract in China or you know do a couple more years over there, but I think Melo still wants like one more, one more decent sized contract, and uh, you know that's what he gets the chance to earn this year. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's I'm still here. That's a good one. The uh, two things. So we haven't talked Steph. We haven't talked Kawhi. Um, we can do that. Uh, the other thing we could do is we could talk about like how they rep. Like, so Melo has a shoe. Like, that's not his. I well, his shoe might be discontinued now. I think they're winding it down or going into like retros or stuff like that. Um, I'm curious, kind of like you know, you have the players' personal stories and like how they play on the court. Then you have how they like market themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's slightly different sometimes, uh-huh. but I'm I'm curious. Sort of, those are a little bit easier to diagnose sometimes than like what's going on in a player's head. But uh, I'm curious on, you know, on on some of those players. You know, maybe go down the line of like what the story is with those different brands of their shoes. So which one do you want to do first? You want to I do? I don't know if I know that well enough. No. Yeah, like Carmelo's brand. I don't know. It's been Stay Mellow Man with a seven. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, that's a hashtag, yeah. stay mellow, um, which I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> what is but it, I think it's like smooth and sweet. Like it's yeah, like, right, right. It's, it's, not, it's not, you know, ferocious, but he's got that jumper. He's got that. Right. He's got those moves. They're like silky. All those things that were yeah. great. Like so you just stay mellow, yeah. stay loose, stay smooth. Like I think that's kind of his angle. Um, like Westbrook is more like bold. I'm out here like. The, his shoe has a strap across the front that's like designed to like lock you into the shoe and it feels like you're like if i'm going at the speed that i'm supposed to be going in these shoes like i might if i didn't have that strap, i'm gonna fall out, I'm gonna fall out. um what else is out there um staffs is like we're the underdog yeah and i don't know like they, they've been kind of trying to figure out how to make basketball shoes ever since they signed stuff yeah it's so the first couple of years they're like not that good and now yeah. they're kind of like they came out with one that looked like a it looked like, like a dad shoe, Kent. yeah, uh, New Balance one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, and uh, and then and then the, recently they they started looking not that bad, um, but I've noticed some of the shoes start kind of looking the same, like uh, Dame's new ones. I really like his old ones. His new ones actually look really comfortable, but they look similar to like the Hardens, and then they look similar to, uh, you know. Like LeBron used to have these big clunky shoes and I was like, I don't really want those because those look way too heavy. And then he started coming out with all these other like fine it light, you know, light materials on the top. And uh, like, I, you know, I'm, I pay attention, but I'm not the biggest fan. And it just seems like a lot of those are starting to seem similar. And they're actually kind of having, you know, outside the athlete themselves are having a hard time telling what the story of that shoe is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and that's, I mean, I know that's tough for companies now. Like basketball shoes don't sell as much as they used to. I, are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure. People are, I mean, Puma just started their own. Well, sorry. I just basketball. mean, they're not like when I was growing up, basketball shoes were the shoe I wore to school. Yeah. That doesn't happen as much anymore. I think it might happen for people who are still in high school. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to be wearing your basketball shoes to, to work. To yeah. Work. As a 40 year old, probably yeah. not. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to, I guess I have to look that up, but I don't, I don't. I mean, people are trying to break into the the basketball category because it basically crosses over as a lifestyle. Yeah, one the good ones. Um, yeah, 
the Adidas, we talked about this the other day. We we went to the Adidas uh, store and uh, they had this whole thing about creators. And they're like, we're innovative. So this is the interesting thing between the brands is Nike is always like superheroes. Yeah. Like you got LeBron, you got Giannis, you got uh, Katie. You got these people that like literally just like, I could do a lot of things, but I can't grow to be 6'8 and, you know, be that huge. And so they have that like the superhero brand quality. Adidas has much more of like, we're creative, we're athletic but we're also like innovative and they've got like the old school classics where it's like throwbacks um under armor has just like some randomly good people like tom brady and steph and i don't harper they have the mvp yeah they they had all the mvps yeah they had they have a ton of people but I, I still don't know what their yeah, angle like what on their, stuff is. Right, 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 what their brand is. Yeah, because we it, must protect this house. Yeah. yeah. Well, it seems like for a while it was like underdog. Like Russell Westbrook would have made sense there for a while. And now it seems like they hit a point of, oh. Well, they got the rock. And apparently his shoe was like the best selling shoe mm. of all categories for them or something like that. Mm. So I don't know. I think they're just kind of like going for. Like kind of in that growing stage where they're trying to get mass adoption and like, hey, we make yeah. stuff. We're not just compression apparel. We like make other stuff too. Yeah. I don't know. I'm speaking out of a position of just observation, not expertise now when yeah. I'm talking about shoes. But Okay. You want to go back to players? I mean, sure. If you yeah. want me to talk about something I actually know about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about Steph? Um, Steph Curry's story is uh, that... It is more exciting to make for the best team than it is for the best Steph. I mean, I don't think he'd be satisfied if he was getting like six shots a game or anything, but when he's at his best, he, you know, he's charging, he's giving energy to that whole team. And you can see it just from warm ups when he's taking those insane shots from like behind the basket and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those 108 footers. Um, most superstars wouldn't actually want Kevin Durant to sign. No. So I think the story that he's telling himself, some, I don't know how to phrase it exactly, but somewhere in there, it's about the team, like the importance of the team rather than the importance of just him. So the question that always comes up with Steph is, is it real or is it fake? Or is he like just pretending it? Yeah, I mean, who the heck knows, but I... It'd be hard to fake it that long. I, that's how I feel too. <laughs> I mean, he's still like excited to get Boogie Cousins this year. Yeah. I mean, if there was ever a time to just be like, okay, we proved our point. Let me see what I can do. Yeah. But he's like all excited to get Boogie Cousins. So I think it's, I have trouble. I have a, he's the spokesperson for a nonprofit that my friend runs and he's not like a flawless guy or anything, but yeah. he seems, he seems like that's pretty real. Okay. What do you, what do you think uh, is going on with Kawhi? He just got traded. I do not to know. To the Raptors. He has a good lesson on how just because someone is quiet does not mean they're like a good person. <laughs> wow, you went there. Well, <laughs> sorry. I should say, like, I don't know. Yeah. But I think in life, people assume, oh, that guy over there in the corner is quiet. He's really sweet. Like, these are the words yeah, you yeah. always use. Oh, you're really sweet. He's really nice. Oh. I don't know, man. From the, from the outside looking in. Who the heck knows? Uh, I yeah, he's he's real confusing. I mean, on one hand, it would be, I think you could jump to assuming that the story he's telling himself is like I should be a bigger deal than I am. Yep. But he also doesn't seem like he wants to be a big deal. Yeah. That's the like, that's the contradiction. Yeah. He, uh, I think part of the thing is Tim Duncan's quiet. Kawhi's quiet. Same person. 
not the same person. not the same person uh-uh. and um i've read something about how he he was at all-star game toronto and he saw what other superstars were getting like special treatments or their teams hooked them up with stuff and the spurs kind of don't do that yeah, much. yeah yeah and so i think that kind of annoyed him but i i'm wondering how much of it is him versus his circle and figuring out how to splice all of that apart um but you know it's it's also not a terrible thing to just be like if his reason is i don't want to be in the shadow of tim duncan and have everybody assume that i'm tim duncan just because i'm also quiet that's like a tough <laughs> following up timmy sure is a yeah. is a tough position to be in so it, it's been weird like it, it you almost want him to speak more because uh like you can give him the benefit of the doubt if he says something but being quiet you almost people start to like assume the worst and then you're like is he a good person and you're like ah you know maybe he just didn't want to be there but without communicating and telling people what's going on in his head it's hard to craft that narrative yeah well i mean tim duncan you could tell his teammates loved him and he would like hug guys coming out of timeouts and stuff Kawhi, you know maybe i don't know yeah who else uh kyrie Kyrie got traded last year. Yeah, Kyrie is is telling the story of like I can I can be the man. Yeah. Not that he has to be the man who like wins the scoring title. Just he can be the man. I mean, does, that, does he have to? Is he going to leave Boston then? Do you think? No, I think he'll stay there. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be the man there when they've got two other men coming up and a coach's favorite son they resigned. <laughs> uh, Al Horford, who is probably the most underrated player on the team, and he's like the yeah. Well, I just think having listened to the interviews with him, it seems like he's very aware that he can score a lot, but he wants to get other people involved and with fully the knowledge that at the end of the game, like he can just take it. Yeah. And he's he's trying to win a championship. He's trying to be the guy that leads a team to a championship. I think I think he could be less concerned about at least at least his last season. Um less concerned about what he's doing on the court because I think he gets a lot of respect from people from other players on the court. You ask, you ask around the NBA who's the hardest to guard, and Kyrie's always yeah one of the guys because yeah. you just can't hand like his handles his are handle, crazy. Yeah. But I think one of the things that bugged him was, you know, in Cleveland, people are always asking him about LeBron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he would wear like a shirt, and then they'd ask LeBron about the shirt that he decided to wear. Like you know, and and everything would be about LeBron or LeBron adjacent. So I think, you know, even if he doesn't. He, he, he never seems like the player that like, oh, everything has to run through me. I have to control everything. But I think he wants that position on the team, even if it's not necessarily like, yeah, I need 30% of the possessions. Or yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. It's more I'm the leader, not I'm the guy. Yeah. That's probably it. You're right. What about, okay, so I have my own answer for this, but he's he's my favorite. What, what would you say is Joel Embiid's story? <laughs> I think he's just having fun. Yeah. Um, I I think he's... So people always talk about like Steph having like a joy of basketball or something like that. Like Joel seems like he has a lot of fun. Uh Just he picked up a ball at like 17 or something and realized he was really good at basketball and is huge. And I think he, you know, I don't, I don't want to say he's, you know, too profound on some of this, but like, I think he realizes to some extent how ridiculous it is that he is where he's at. A hundred percent. And, He's just having a good time. And so he's like roasting people on Instagram. He's making jokes. Uh, I think he's just having fun. And I don't like, 
I don't I don't know if that's going to change over the next few years. Is like this was the first year they're like, oh, we we can actually be a good team. We don't have to just like, you know, maybe the joking around for a while was a coping mechanism to deal with being bad and trusting Injuries, the process. Yeah. But like now they're like a real team, and you know he's arguably the best player if he's healthy on that team. Like how does that how does that story change? Yeah, it'll be really interesting because eventually, I mean, this is this is the arc of being a really good player in any sport you hit a you hit a point where it's your fifth year and you haven't won the pressure starts hitting you and it'll be interesting what happens if people turn on him which probably will happen like at some point people will be like okay joel it's time to grow up stop playing stop dunking on random guys in philadelphia like that'll that'll happen well it's interesting too if it'll happen to him or ben simmons yeah. First, because I think if dunking pick- on random guys who are playing an innocent pickup game and they invite Joel Embiid in, you've seen those highlights, yeah. right? Yeah, it's amazing. Anyway, sorry, keep going. But those will never not be fun. I think those are. All, if that was Dwight Howard now, it would still be funny because you're like, okay, he's so much better. Like he's just. Yeah. I think that's funny. Regardless, I think what I think the like making fun of people. He made fun of Aaron Baines on uh yeah, yeah, for getting yeah. dunked on yeah. right after Aaron Baines like manhandled him in a playoff series. And it's like that stuff I think is gonna get old. But the um I don't know. Like I, I, I think I, I think it's gonna be interesting what general NBA thinks of him versus like what Philadelphia because I think Philadelphia he's had a longer shelf life in Philadelphia where he's they'll deal with more shenanigans for a while if he hasn't won than NBA Twitter just gonna be like, okay, he keeps talking but he's not doing anything. Yeah. Um, I think that would get more annoying to non like people who aren't in his basic fan base. I think Joel, I think definitely fun is a huge part of it. I think he's saying, I think his story is I am going to have fun being a dominant NBA player. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he is, he's, he's the Twitter goat right now on uh-huh. for NBA. Like who's better than him at that. So I just, I mean, as a Sixers fan uh, and having seen athletes who started off being really fun and then, hit a hit a rough patch and don't know how to deal with it. I'm just like I watch him and I'm like please don't let anything happen to him. But that's what, I mean unless he gets hurt again, uh like that's almost where he has a built-in like escape hatch with Ben Simmons. Cuz if they're both playing like pretty comparable but they're not winning, like people are going to pick a side. And Ben Simmons is a good player, but I don't think he has the he doesn't have the narrative love that people have sure, for totally. uh, yeah. Joel because he's got the process. Like that's his nickname. He has owned it. Like yeah, he grew up in uh, Cam- wait Cameroon. Yeah, it's yeah. I think I think he grew up in Cameroon. Yeah, I mean his story is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. He grew up in Cameroon. Like didn't touch, played soccer, yeah. didn't touch a basketball till he was like seventeen. I think got invited to Serge Ibaka is from yeah. The same country. Is it he's Cameroon in, or the Congo? I thought he's from the Congo. Oh. There was some Af- they do Africa without borders or something like that. Okay. Where they, like the Raptors, yeah. Maasai, and a, a bunch of other guys will go and they'll hold camps. So I don't know if it was a specific player or if it was... Like, I thought it was Serge Ibaka. I might okay. be making that up. But it was someone It was someone like that who you know grew up in Africa yeah. and Joel Embiid went to that camp, gets discovered there, goes to high school in Florida, has like no idea how to play basketball at first... He's like making ten thousand a game. Yeah. Somehow gets recruited to camp. I mean, it is a ridiculous, ridiculous story. And he, pre- you're right. He probably does sit there sometimes and just thinks to himself, "How, like, what? this is ridiculous." Yeah. <laughs> like asking Rihanna out on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Who else? Who else do we have? Um, Draymond. Uh, we don't have to do Draymond's story. I don't know Draymond's story. 
Draymond is chip on his shoulder story. Yeah. I mean, it is. And that's, that's one of the most successful stories. Yeah. That's in football. That's Tom Brady. He's won five titles, right? Still has a chip on his shoulder. So his story is still like the league didn't believe in me. Draymond. Yeah. You've seen this. Draymond can just rattle off all the guys who got drafted in front of him. I think it's funny when people can do that. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, it's, that's his story. Yep. He's like 34 teams, or not 34 teams, but 34 guys were drafted in front of me. Yeah. What about uh, IT? Oh, that's a good question. Same thing. I mean, he's got, he's got a probably a bigger chip. Yeah. I mean, his story this year has to be teams are making a mistake. Yeah. I went from a six or a nine digit salary or a nine digit contract to a seven digit, digit contract. Life is hard sometimes. Well, so you think his, he, he lost. He lost a hundred million dollar contract by getting traded. Yeah. Sorry, it took me a while to do math on that, but yeah. yeah. I mean, his story has to be this year. Teams are making a big mistake. Yeah. Even Denver only getting for two million, they should have offered him more. That yeah. has to be his story this I, year. I think he had something where he he was talking about. Uh, he that was like the only offer he got, and uh, he thought he thought that well, like the fact that he didn't have multiple offers was insulting. So mm-hmm. people are scared of his hip. I think it's a prove it year. Yeah, and he's like. Yeah, you know, but that he's has done, to be he's his done narrative. really well when he has to prove it. So yeah, that has to be his narrative. Yeah. Um, ben Simmons, ben I'm Simmons. scared of Ben Simmons' story. Yeah, I don't like him dating a Kardashian. Oh, this doesn't usually end well. I'm scared that his story is, I am super duper famous and I can do whatever I want. I'm scared of that. Yeah, I'm scared he's not going to work on his jump shot. His head's going to be in the clouds. Uh, doesn't work on his game. Doesn't get better. How do you feel about Markel? I have no idea. It's supposed to look better. Yeah. Jump shot. We'll find out. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a tough, I mean, this is like, just on Markel Fultz, this is where a narrative for yourself seriously is so important because yeah. he's probably never had difficulty before shooting the ball, scoring seven points a game, not having people bow down to him. Yeah. He's probably never had that stuff before. And this is going to be a big prove-it year. So I sure hope that that narrative in his head is, I was worth the number one pick. Yeah. Did you see the what Drew Hanlon, his shooting coach, said? No, uh-uh. He said something like, uh, his pitch was, you're going to make me a lot of I'm going to fix your shot. I'm gonna, you're going to make me a lot of money when I sell your program. <laughs> if you're talking story, that's like a great... Like, that's incredible. That's a great story pitch. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to fix your shot. Yeah. That's definitely happening. I'm going to make a lot of money. So that's why I'm happy about this because yeah, I care about your thing, but also I'm going to make a ton of money because you're going to be that one. That was like the number one pick dropped off. What, what the crap happened to him? Oh, Drew Hanlon comes in. He's your savior. <laughs> and he, and he fixed it all. And now you have like a six man of the year candidate or you know, your second guard or what, yeah, whatever. Oh it is. gosh, it's so good. Yeah. I was talking to one of my coworkers about this today and, uh, a good story to tell is if then. Mm-hmm. So if you come to my basketball camp, or not basketball camp, the his program, yep. if you hire me as your shooting coach, then I will make you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Boom. Done. Yeah. And specific outcome. like <laughs> Yeah, specific yeah. outcome. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Yeah. We should do a whole thing on a... If then? Yeah, if then as a, as a whole uh, story narrative piece. Um, we're running out of people. Uh, we got Giannis. We got Paul George. And then, I mean, we could talk about teams. What, like, yeah. what narrative are the Chicago Bulls telling themselves? No one knows. <laughs> like, 
Joel's a frustrated Bulls fan. Um, Paul George, I could do a whole rant on Paul George. Ooh. I'm going to avoid. Oh, good rant, bad rant? I, he's a fine player. Yeah. I just... He was talked about like he's yeah. a superstar. So Paul George, I think, has... I think he's got to the point where he he was going to be a superstar, and then his, his uh, leg happened. Yeah. And then I think he got, like, perspective. And I think right around that time, I don't know if it was the exact same. I get it, the time he messed up, but, like, a bunch of things happened where, like, oh, he got, like, uh, like he busted his leg. He realized he might not be able to play forever. Like, he has to come back from that. Uh, I think he has, like, two kids now. And so it's, like, I think he had a perspective shift uh-huh. where people are, like, why did he sign this contract for this amount of time? And I think part of it was, like, he's, like, I definitely, like, I feel good about where I'm at. And yeah, I could do these one-on-ones and make more money or something like that. But like, I want the security. I, I like like the things that I like, which is like fishing, which is a weird, interesting. He's really into fishing. So that was why he loved Indiana. Cause he was like, he'd go out to his pond and do it. So he loves like rural random stuff. And that's why Oklahoma ended up being a good fit. And then I think the other thing is he didn't really have any friends on, uh, I mean, I could be. I, Gosh, I, I always think about this. Like, who who do guys hang out with? Yeah, and so him, Zaza Pachulia on the Warriors last year. I remember going to a game, and it's like everybody else is shooting. He's just sitting on the bench. I'm like, man, his life is probably super lonely. Like, probably everybody on the team is like, oh, hey, hey, Zaza. <laughs> but yeah, like Paul George and, and and Russell were going paintballing and like posting about mm. that this summer. I, I think they actually enjoy hanging out and. I think that was one of the things that is a little bit underrated where like, you know, Oklahoma is going to be good. You know, they, you could see them getting to the Western conference finals. Like, yeah, for sure. I'm not saying they, they're gonna, but you could, and he's going to have like his boys on the team and he's going to be making a ton of money. And like, so at, 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 at a certain level, you're making a ton of money regardless of where you're at. So I think, I think he kind of wanted to just like Russ will take the, yep. the brunt of it. And he, I think I think Paul George is maybe the best like second. Right. So do you think that's the story he tells himself? I am, I am going to be the best. There's no way he phrases it this way, but I'm going to be the best like supporting actor in the league. I think that can't be. It. I think he's like a like I'm like best two way is like a thing yeah. that he thinks about. Like even the way he does his shoes, um, they've got the swish both ways on the shoe because he's a. He plays both ways. Yeah. Like that's really important to him. And so I think Bet he's a player. Yeah. He's interested in finding someone who compliments that style, which I think is why Russ like why they have that rapport. And then I, I, I think the defense is something that he takes yeah. He, like people are ragging him on him because he's not scoring thirty a night like a superstar. But you know, from a defensive standpoint, like he's played pretty well. I mean, there's been a couple of ones, I think the the Jazz series from last year. So the other thing I saw, I saw him do a special where he was talking about specifically, like, I left stuff on the table. Like, we left stuff on, stuff on the table last year, and we have unfinished business. And so that was one of the reasons he, he, he said he wanted to come back. That's awesome. And so, like, you know, a lot of times people rag and they're like, oh, you screwed that up. Can't come back. I like it when stars are like, yeah, that didn't sit well with me. I'm going to go fix that. And so maybe that's what he's doing this year is, like, they're going to run it back pretty, like, we're gonna pretty, so this year's story is we're gonna do what we should have done last year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty comparable to, you know, last year's team, but arguably better fits with personnel and then more athletic. They're gonna be t- paying a lot of money for it, but 
it's a it's an interesting team. Yeah. I'm sorry, Paul George. I just got annoyed when people were talking about the Sixers should get LeBron or Paul George. And I was like, are you serious? This is really... <laughs> well, they were talking at one point, like LeBron, Paul George, and Kawhi are all going to the Lakers. Yeah, Lakers fans are very optimistic. Is a good way to put it. Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have anyone else? Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's <laughs> Jim a bad Butler. man. <laughs> what do you mean he's a bad man? He's a, like, you don't, like... Like, you don't screw with Jimmy Butler? Yeah, that you don't, story? yeah, you don't mess around with Jimmy yeah. Butler. Like, he, he doesn't have friends on the team mm-hmm. because he's too intense. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was his problem. And, like, I I, I really like that about him, actually. Like, he's... Yeah, it's Joel he, Runyon kind of player. He needs... Uh, he needs that intensity, and he needs, he needs uh, like Tom Thibodeau's t- style coach. He was like, "You're gonna play me 40 minutes, and I'm gonna like it." Like he's like one of those dogs that you just like it needs a job to do, and once you get that job to do, that dog. Thank happy. you. May I have another 40 minutes? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, I don't know. He's on that. He's on that Paul George. Like I mean, yeah. Oh, they're pretty comparable players. Yeah. Like I think he signed the exact. Yeah, they're, both, yeah, they're both very, very good NBA players yeah. for sure. Yeah. So. I don't know. You have any insight to his storyline at all? Butler. No, I think you nailed it. I mean, I think he is. Uh, He's a kid from nowhere too. He got like he has a crazy story growing up, where like he got kicked out of the house at like an early age. Did he really? Yeah, and so he's just like, I have to like. It's almost you know, not like oh, I'm not work you, but like everything I've gotten. Yeah, has become, I've earned. I've earned, yeah. and I am not gonna like listen to you, Carl Anthony Towns, talk about playing Fortnite. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah you know, play some more defense or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's kind of where the, you know, he's the older star of those two star of the three people there. And like, he it just has a different mentality on things, I think, than everyone else. Yeah, I think you're right. So, all right, let's do one more. Okay. Vince Carter. Yes. This is, a, so this is a great career arc. Yeah. So talk about, really? so he just signed with the, the Hawks yep. because they quote unquote need a veteran leadership presence, mm-hmm. which is, awesome and hilarious because that is not how i would have never seen that coming he started as the high-flying dunker then got grumpy in in uh toronto Toronto until he literally played so bad they had to trade him yep he's just like i'm gonna play like 50 percent on the court so at that point i would have thought this guy has about four years left in his career yeah and that was probably like 2004 yeah he is about to tie the NBA record for most seasons played. Yeah. So what? And he takes smart shots. He's like taking uh-huh. jumpers. Like he'll play defense like as much as he can, and still capable of dunking. But that's yeah. obviously not his game now. He's forty-one years old. I like. I I I don't remember any off the court problems ever. But he definitely had a reputation where you know after the bunch of dunk contests, he was like a tough player to deal with yep because Selfish of the player that was well, the rep for well, sure the whole toronto thing screwed it all up and now he's become like this you're like you know who's got a really good old man game <laughs> vince carter it's nice and i i don't know if you would have been able to write that looking forward but like seeing how he's transitioned with the grizzlies and i uh, was it the kings last year and the hawks this year like yeah, he's he's been all over the place but people are like you know he's he knows the game. He's solid. He's still helped. plays like real minutes. Too. Yeah. yeah. He's like at, at 40 years old and he's in great shape. He's taking great, you know, people talk about LeBron taking care of his body. Like he's taking great care of his uh-huh. body. So, and started doing that. I mean, presumably, 
I guess what I would say is he hasn't had the same sports science benefits that LeBron, LeBron has. has. Yeah. And he's still taking care of himself. Yeah. That's pretty nasty. So what? Okay. So what's? Give me his career arc. So first is I'm going to be highly taught, touted. Yeah, I'm going to be the super duper star. Everybody's going to love me. I win the dunk contest and I prance around. Like, and I dunked on a seven footer. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's game. Best yeah. dunk ever. Yeah. And then disgruntled. Yep. And forces his way out and like makes. Kind of makes a fool, not not a fool. No, he forced his way out in yeah. a bad way, even by NBA standards. Yeah, that was bad, and and hurt his reputation voluntarily, which is like worse than hurting your your status, like involuntarily. Like you're like I'm choosing to do this, and I'm being difficult. And then I don't I don't know what happened in the years between, but apparently <laughs> he just disappeared. Like he became less important. And realized like if I want to stay around for a while, I'm gonna have to change some things, and he did it. Yeah, and that's like major props because Allen Iverson and all these other players that like played I'm the guy I'm the guy I'm the guy and then once that phase of their career was over they were never able to do anything else after that right once AI wasn't the fastest guy in the league anymore it was like oh yeah he's just we do. he's just a chucker like so that's interesting so I think Vince I think Vince uh, you know there's the reinvention of I'm not going to take it to the hole as much as I used to and then uh, yeah, I mean, like you, I don't totally remember his game for, for like a <laughs> solid seven-year period. But maybe that was helpful. Yeah, maybe just blanked everybody's out and be like, "Oh, that was that was a pretty nice guy." I'm gonna become, and then it's I'm gonna become a role player, and he's still in that. But I feel like the story he tells himself now is, "I love the game of basketball, and I'm gonna show other people like yeah. show these. I'm gonna do guys what I need to, to do it. to keep playing, and yeah. I'm gonna help everybody else out." Go Vince. Yeah, nice seriously. job, Vince. We should all love what we do as much as Vince Carter does. <laughs> I've said before the my main goal in life is to play do anything uh, with the ferocity that Russell Westbrook plays basketball. Uh-huh. <laughs> like if I'm able to do <laughs> that, that, then uh, I'm I'm doing something right. Yeah. So is uh, we got anyone else or are we done here? No, I feel like Vince is a good ending point. Yeah, good job, Vince. You, we could do Dirk if it's the same thing. Yeah, Dirk. Dirk without got, the disgruntled part. Yeah, he's gonna have one of the. the he's also tying the NBA record this year. That's crazy. You want to talk about him or? Are you? Well, what do you, I mean, it. what do you think? What do you think Dirk's story is? He's like, I'm the guy. Like, I came here, I stuck it out with one franchise. Yeah, I almost won a ring. I didn't. No, he won a ring. No, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Then I did. Against was it the same team? It was against the Heat. It was against the Heat. Yeah. So different players. Different Heat. But yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I did, and I'm just enjoying life, and I'm gonna hang out, yeah. and I'm gonna be a Mav forever. Yep. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's not that many people that can do that anymore. No. Like Tim Duncan. That's like... <laughs> well, that's... I, yeah, gosh. That's one of those things that, like, as a Sixers fan, in my head, like, Simmons and Embiid are going to play their whole career in Philadelphia, but that's probably not true. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, even to- Tony Park got traded recently, so it's like... Everybody. Yeah, so Dirk is like, I am going to play one last awesome season for the team I've played for in my whole career. Or I'm going to play one last season i'm gonna play it as well as i can for this team i played for my whole career it's like he's the last of the dinosaurs of not dinosaurs but like that type of player Uh like maybe that doesn't exist anymore the sixers drafted larry hughes the same year that dirk came out (laughs) uh and that was and that and his game has extended that whole time yeah that's pretty crazy that's nuts cool cool man all right well 
we got anyone else we're good no i think that's that's a good ending point all right guys uh well thank you for hanging out for yeah, a little bit pleasure. talking to me yeah i like doing yeah, this. I can do this if, all day uh hey guys if you guys like this episode uh give me a shout let me know if you like these bonus episodes with guests sometimes they're a little bit more off topic than normal but i had fun doing this and uh it was a good time so uh might be doing these a little bit more on uh random adjacent topics to the main portion of the adjacent guest topics Wait, you don't like the word adjacent? No, it's perfect. It's yeah, perfect it's exactly, this is a story adjacent Yeah, with the NBA. So <laughs> awesome, guys. Uh, let me know your feedback on this show, and I will see you guys uh, same time next week on Tuesday. Uh, until then, keep pushing your limits. Do something possible.